0: It's simple, shipping, logistics, capacity, access. We are connecting America's heartland to the rest of the world. It's not just about shipping. It's a story about how we're constantly innovating, how we move our products around the world. Cleveland is a port city. We've always been a port city. This is Great Lakes Forward. Welcome to season three, episode one of Great Lakes Forward. I'm your host, Jay Davis. And today we're joined by a very special guest, Jackie Cesar. And Jackie is the vice president of the World Group, where she leads two divisions, the Container Port Group, Customer Experience, and World Shipping's Vessel Operations. So I wanna welcome Jackie, and thank you for spending some time with us on Great Lakes Forward.
1: Hi, Jade. Thanks for having me. Appreciate
0: the invite. Now, before we dive into the interview, uh, make sure to follow the Port of Cleveland on social media for the latest news and updates. Follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram uh, at at Port of Cleveland and on Facebook. Follow us at the Port of Cleveland. Also, Also, listeners in Cleveland, don't forget to submit your best photos to the Cleveland Lakefront Nature Preserve photo contest for your chance to be featured on our website and social media. Submissions are due by October 31st, 2021. Learn more at portofcleveland.com backslash photo contest. Now let's get into the interview. Jackie, it's great to have you on the podcast to kick off season three of Great Lakes Forward. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and your role at the Container Port Group?
1: I started my career here over 25 years ago. I was this young girl who didn't have any experience, and um, I took the leap of faith and, and interviewed for a part-time role um, that they had offering in the operations division, the founding division of the company. Uh, I was going to school, and I needed a part-time job, so. I applied and after 90 days, they offered me a full-time role as doing their accounting for all of the ships that came into the Great Lakes. So I handled all the disbursement accounts for um, any ship that, whether it was our Lakers or our, our Salties. So I did accounting for quite a while and I assisted the operations team and Just learned everything about the ports, the ships, you know, how they unload, how they load, working with the pilots, working with the ship owners, and just fell in love with the industry. I can't say enough about it. Um, Once you have these customers, you build a a bond, a friendship. And I never wanted to leave and I wanted to continue to learn and grow and and build uh, my knowledge. And so I ventured off into the other parts of the company and the company just kept believing in me. And I continued my education and got a master's in transportation at the university of Denver. And, uh, I continue to learn and grow. I I don't want to stop. I feel it's important to continue to develop myself because this industry keeps changing every minute of the day, there's a new um, obstacle in front of us and you have to stay sharp and you've got to be a support for your customers. And that's, that's our, our goal, right? We're the solution based division. And uh, that's the awesome part about it is you're constantly challenged, your brain's stimulated at all times. (laughs) There's no stop. So it's, it's a good industry to be in if you constantly like change?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, if, if one thing is uh, consistent, my, my father used to tell me nothing in life is more consistent than change. Uh, and if the last year and a half have not uh, convinced folks of that. I don't know what will. Uh, but when you do look on the horizon in shipping and, uh, and trade internationally, uh, there's this talk of these shifting trade winds and these shifting trade lanes and what that means for ports of origin and ports of uh, of embarking. And then also you think about, um, you know, what that means for just physical containers and physical uh, ability to get space on ships and things like that. All those things we've definitely seen from the Port Authority side have been uh, changing dramatically over the last 10 years, but especially uh, in light of the COVID-19 pandemic. So, Can you tell us about, you know, World Shipping Group and how the Container Port Group and the vessel operations work within uh, the World Group?
1: Yes. Um, The World Group is a network of transportation logistics companies with over 60 years of experience in managing freight throughout the world. We're the largest Ohio-based logistics company. So we started the business, like I said, um, with the vessel group. Our late founder, Jack Hunger, you know, had a vision when he finished school. The St. Lawrence Seaway had just opened in 1959 and he started World Shipping in 1960 where he created the, the vessel group where he supported the owners. And we act as liaison between the U.S. government and the foreign owners to handle all of their needs while the ships are in the Great Lakes ports. So, you know, anywhere from setting up the lines and dockage and working with the pilots and the captain and working with the crew, he found a niche and um, did it very young. And that was what started us. And we currently have offices in Hamilton, Ontario, Cleveland, Detroit, and Chicago, and recently expanded onto the West Coast. A customer had a need. So, We're now handling um, ships on the West Coast. And then next uh, is CPG, where I'm currently at today doing customer experience. We're getting ready to hit our 50 year anniversary with over 1200 trucks, owner operators, uh, 26 terminals from the Midwest to the East Coast. um, Continuing to grow, we recently um, expanded and we're opening a, a terminal in New Orleans. So that's exciting for us. You know, our focus is on our customers. And if there's a need and and there's freight out there, we want to be there to provide trucks for them. So um, the supply chain, you know, has obviously been affected a lot in this last year and a half with COVID. So we're doing our best to be there for our customers and, you know, drivers are, are short right now and we're continuing to grow and find the, the fastest, cheapest, safest way to get that product for our customers from point A to point B. Um, so that, that's the container port division, the trucking side. And then we also have our freight forward division, um, UWL, who has continued to grow. They're the top 15 U.S. owned MBOCC. We have our warehousing division, World Distribution Services, and we recently expanded to the East Coast and added a 500,000 square foot uh, warehouse um, by the Port of New York, New Jersey, and um, another, you know, growing division to be able to support our customers. You know, as we know, there's freight moving all over this world and bottlenecks and um, shortages Mm -hmm. of, you know, trucks and rail cars and containers and chassis. So we're really, you know, trying to be there for our customers, find the best solution for them. Um, And by being a full logistics service company, we've been able to um, be there for our customers and and provide that solution for them. Um, Another division that I just um, recently was with is our Transload facility. It's in Columbus, Ohio where we um, can import or export containers and transload any commodity that can fit inside a 40-foot or 20-foot box. Um, We predominantly use steel, lumber, tires. Our largest commodity is grain, where we can bring in either hopper trucks or rail cars and transload it into 40-foot or 20-foot boxes for export. We have a 48-hour shuttle service to Norfolk. So it's real efficient and um, we have a great service there to move whatever product, you know, that can fit into a container.
0: Great, great. I, uh, from, from hearing all this, and it, it really just highlights just the dynamic nature of the freight that's moving around the country, of uh, some of the just-in-time deliveries, Um, some of the more storage-dependent deliveries. uh, And and we're not even talking about when you get to energy or transportation fuels or anything like that, where you're talking about pipeline or you're talking about gathering lines or you're talking about, uh, you know, offshore, onshore, um, uh, transloading, things like that. So when I see, when I hear about all this from World, it seems like throughout your career, you have, have seen, you have been along this wave at the tip of the wave. It seems for all these just different dynamic and changes and customer needs. Um, Understanding that from your perspective, what does the current transportation market look like right now uh, in the United States? Uh, You know, do you see, uh, you know, is is industry able to adapt and keep up? And, And I mean, both on the shipping, the shipper and the shipping side of industry. Uh, you know, where when we, when we hear all these bottlenecks and things like that, you know, where do you think this is actually deriving from and how do we get through it?
1: You know, um, you know, we're currently seeing the high shipping costs that have been sparked by a combination of factors, mm-hmm. including the soaring demand of saturated ports, not enough ships, dock workers or trucks. Um the the problems continue, and they're so broad that there's no short term fix for it because there's there are too many things going on at once, right? So we're trying to be creative and find solutions for the shippers, for our customers. Um, they're they're being creative, right? You're, you're hearing shippers that are chartering their own ships so that they can just get products to and from because that is the only way that they're going to get spots on a ship. So we're, we're having to be creative with what we do and how we did business before is, is it's changing. Right. And we, we said this industry is constant change and thinking outside of the box and what we have to do right now. And really, technology has become a real big part of where we're going in the future, Customers want to know where their product is at any time. So staying on top of the latest technology so that they have visibility of where their product is, is going to be another big key component to what keeps a a customer engaged and and happy with your service.
0: Yeah, it's uh, I'll tell you, we we're hearing a lot of that. Uh, We've actually done a lot of investments in and and technology at our port, specifically in order to help customers be able to get uh, understand uh, when and where their products are, to be able to, com- be able to communicate with us directly. Uh, you even see it on our new website and things like that. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of those things are just going to be critical right now because you're right with the bottlenecks, with the issues of getting spots on ships, with just the costs, uh, you know, customers, uh, and rightly so, have, have a need and want for more information. Uh, at the very least. Uh they want more information and direction on on where things are, where they're going. So it's good to hear that, you know, those kind of things, especially when you get to the freight forwarding and we get to the, you know, services side that folks are really, really focused in on that as well. Uh, now to, to expand on the talk of like the current, you know, labor market, um I hear I heard you say, like, you know, the shortages are, are affecting um, uh, the shortages of people, drivers, uh, trucks uh, whatever we're seeing containers, uh, physical containers. You know, how do you see that affecting the shipping industry just in your role?
1: You know, in my current role right now today with the shortage, it's just everything is delayed. You know, that's become the norm. The norm is expect the delays and there used to be work, right? We order something just like specifically with Amazon, right? You order something today, you get it tomorrow, the next day. We're not even seeing that anymore, right? You know, you you pay for this other service and we're not even getting that too. So there's just the demand so much. There's so much product out there right now. There's... um. I don't know that we can expect anything to slow down anytime soon because nothing has really changed in the last 12 months, right? We continue to see a shortage everywhere. You know, it's not just specifically the Great Lakes. It's the whole United States transportation system. So until things slow down, I think this is going to be our norm.
0: Yeah, I, I, uh, we, <laughs> we're, we agree with that as well. And unless we're going to have some kind of massive influx of trained uh, uh, truck drivers, subsequent mechanics uh, to keep those trucks on the road. Uh, you know, we, we can't forget about the people before you even get to the before you even get to the cab. that have to actually make sure the cab starts up. Um, then also. Uh, you start thinking about containers and, and all these kind of things. And, okay, do we need to make more containers? Okay, then who ramps that up? There's a, a lot of different issues that have to be addressed. And I think uh, what we're working on is, you know, with our local, other local elected leaders and policymakers is that we have to look at this as an opportunity in order to get uh, people exposed to more opportunity in, for career choices, uh, and more entrepreneurship choices and in order to be able to create the kind of supply for the demand of labor and products and, and all these kind of things for the long term. This is if, if we don't deal with this now, we're going to be dealing with this for a long time uh, as far as transportation, shipping and goods, especially with the uh, online shopping trends and things like that. Uh, it's gonna. I, I don't see this slowing down unless we have an active public policy role in order to uh, help alleviate this and also help uh, create. You know, it does create more wealth. It does create more opportunities for folks. Um, and I think that's another conversation we probably need to have as a as a nation of public policy. That's my lobbying side for the port of Cleveland, speaking. But uh, uh, I definitely think that's something that you're highlighting this is is really right on, Jackie.
1: I agree with you though on the opportunity uh, because we have such great talent around, right? And they really, have, now's the time, right? You can be an entrepreneur right now. Right now is the time that you can take your skills and you can challenge people saying, you know what, I think we should try to do it this way. We should move the product this way. And now's your chance, right? It's kind of an open slate because what's working right now is not necessarily the fastest way or the cheapest way or, you know, yeah. so now's your chance to really speak up and, and be, um, almost a pioneer in, in the industry and come up with different ideas. So it's exciting. It's exciting for, um, talent out there, people who are working for the company to really show their skills because we are all being challenged at the moment to step outside of ourselves and, um, be there as a team to make it happen for our customers.
0: That's for sure. Um, It it has been a challenge. Uh, uh, I probably sat on uh, probably a grand total of 10 or so Skype meetings or Zoom meetings in the last decade until 2020 and when it became 10 a day. And so um, those kind of things, I think uh, just from you know, just for far from from my personal purge and, and the folks that, you know, report up through me and just the things we're dealing with, um, uh, I can only imagine and and I and I understand that that this has been industry-wide, across industries, white collar, blue-collar, uh, this kind of transition. And I think what we will look back and see is that we will see some new stars born uh from this from this experience. And uh because you're right, uh, there is opportunities for improvement. And whenever you have that, um, you have, you know, the next Fred hungers that pop up Um, and and, and you have these kind of companies that not only help sustain industries, but help sustain communities, families and all these and and have all those ancillary impacts across the board. So here at the Port of Cleveland, uh, we're here trying to help those folks contact us at the Port of Cleveland uh, on all social media and our website. And also I'm I'm curious to understand in your experience, how does the multimodal market look here in the Great Lakes compared to the coast right now? So especially what oh, you guys did on the east, west, and gulf coast now as well. So I, mean, I think you got a really good view.
1: You know, we're we're limited here right on the Great Lakes because we, we have smaller ships and it's a nine-month navigation season. So we can't really compare ourselves other than just being this unique, you know, um, service for customers that can move their product with a lot less congestion. Right. We don't have as much congestion as what's going on in the East Coast and the West Coast because our volumes aren't nearly as high and our ships are smaller. So we you know, have these dedicated liners services that um can move your product in and out and it's there's really on the schedule so i think it's a unique service um for the great lakes it's just getting out there and marketing marketing it more and um putting us we already are on the map right we've been doing this for a long time but right now is is the time to really step up and get out there and show that we can get your product there on time and and uh it's going to going to come into any of the U.S. Great Lakes ports and or, you know, Canadian ports and we'll get your your product there on time. So,
0: yeah, we, uh, you know, for us, the lack of congestion here in the Great Lakes, I think is 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 a critical. Um, I, I honestly, I believe it's a critical uh, complement to, you know, what's going on in the coast and things like that. We're going to need these relievers one but i think it also is a competitive advantage as far as me and when you talk about control when you talk about uh companies want to know where stuff is and things like that i think that lack of congestion and access uh matters i think it's critical and uh you know one thing that we've been doing with the cleveland europe express and port of cleveland and, and a recent announcement now that uh there's going to be a a uh, uh a direct a container only ships for the Cleveland Europe Express operating um, start next month actually with this month in September of uh, 2021 is that um, these these containers now and, and it'll be more relief even more relief for you know some of the the coastal ports or some of the shippers that are seeking other opportunities that may maybe on the verge of, of booking their own ship and now they have slots now uh that are coming open and we have capacity and things like that and i think that's going to be critical for all the great lakes ports is to start looking at how much capacity we have and, and being able to put put those put those numbers out there and provide you know serious critical options for getting products especially in the international trade but also domestically as well especially when you're talking about steel production automotive and all those kind of things that Uh, is a large trade within the Great Lakes between iron ore mines and mills and things like that. I got another question, Jackie, and I want you to bear with me because it's kind of long and and I'm going to be quoting the article here. So I recently read an article on Freight Waves uh, and FreightWaves.com is talking about peak season chaos and commerce. Uh, And this article talked about the upcoming 2021 peak season as retailers get stocked up for the holiday. And in the article, it cites that the National Retail Federation projects inbound 20-foot equivalents, also known as TEUs, for those that are not uh, familiar, would again break a recently established monthly record, according to the organization. August TEUs are going to increase 12.6% year over year as compared to 2020, And then larger and and with the nation's largest retail container ports, uh, up to 2.37 million TEUs, which was surpassed the recent record set in May of 2021. So we set a record of 2.35 to 3.6 in in May of this year. We're looking at 2.37 million TEUs in uh, August of this year. And because of this large increase, coastal ports like the Port of Los Angeles are seeing a decrease in loaded imports in July of this year due to congestion. Dwell Times and Anchorage are both contributing to this trend on the coast. And in fact, as recently as a couple of weeks ago, there were 125 ships, including 37 container ships, either in at birth or anchor at the Port of Los Angeles and Long Beach, which is the all time high. So... And when we're thinking about these ships, these are ships of 5,000 to 10,000 containers per ship. And so we're not talking about, you know, five or six containers uh, here per ship. We're talking, you know, 37 times between five and 10 grand uh, per ship. So one thing that we're trying to do here at the Port of Cleveland is communicate that our port and the entire Great Lakes St. Louis system is viable, competitive have a little bit less congestion, uh, you you will not see 37, 5,000 TEU ships hanging out in Lake Erie uh, right now uh, for a variety of reasons. One is that we can't get through the locks, Uh, but just say 2,500 TEU ships and things like that, we we don't necessarily have that problem. Um, And when compared to the coastal ports, are you seeing these types of trends uh, across the country at other ports as well with just this kind of congestion? What level are you seeing it at? Because I, I assume that that's an extreme case of a couple of weeks ago at, at Port of Los Angeles. But, you know, are you seeing this at other places?
1: You know, there's congestion everywhere. Um, obviously, the West Coast is the largest U.S. port, right? So, you know, you have the U.S. and, and New York. Um, but the amount of cargo that comes in on the West coast, the volume is so high that, you know, with the shortage of labor there and it's not even necessarily the shortage of labor is there's so much, so much product coming in that you're going to have delays, right? Because you have that many ships, you just don't have that much dock space. You don't have that many cranes. You just don't have that many people to work on the ships. So, um, and as we know, the same situation is happening over in, you know, other countries where they're having a shortage of labor. And so when that happens, their ships gets delayed and you can't control the navigation of a ship um, when they leave and when they arrive. So it, it's going to happen. You're you're going to have a, a a bottleneck. So do I see that changing anytime soon throughout this year? Probably not. And as you mentioned, you know, the holidays are coming and that's the product that we see coming in right now. Anyone looking around can see that our stores are are not at full capacity. The warehouses are not stocked fully. So there's a lot of um, product out there that we need to build inventory. We need to stock our shelves. So there's still a lot of product to come in. And we know that the biggest shopping season is just right around the corner. So we're gonna see a, a lot of containers, a lot of trucks, a lot of rail cars coming in.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. And and so with with this understanding that this congestion and and these issues are are real. And I don't wanna speak about it as this is a doom and gloom. Again, I think there's opportunities here in order for us to make a more efficient system to bring in new uh new players and additional players to help complement what we what we do well here in the United States. Uh, which is to you know move and make stuff and and get stuff in and out of the country uh but what's what are some of the logistics solutions that the container port group specifically are implementing to help you know offload the stress on the current system that you're seeing and i know some of the things and, and your company's start was with helping customers figure these things out um you know are you you know are you guys trying? innovating new stuff now to try to figure those things out again.
1: You know, as I mentioned, technology, you know, building our system for uh, monitoring the arrivals of the product and also optimizing our trucks, having back So we're using, you know, our trucks at their full capacity instead of, you know, it, it's hard for a driver to make one or two, two moves a day, right? They they have families to feed and, and they need to you know, have an income. So sitting somewhere and where it's complete congestion and, and they only get one move a day that, you know, that's just not going to work for them. So we're having to find ways um, to find the best moves for the drivers, you know, that's attractive for them. And that's what's going to keep product moving.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That optimization and that downtime is something we've tried to address here with allowing uh, being able to have more technology to where drivers can get in and out of the port quicker, can idle less and can take maybe instead of doing three turns a day, can get the fourth one in. Um, But that also helps with, you know, keeping our space free enough in our warehousing as well and alleviating the stress and emissions, Uh, (laughs) actually as well at our port. Uh, that is something that we're working on, you know, critically in order to help ease that process uh, as well. And so what do you see the future of the Great Lakes in, in the context of container shipping uh, and reducing the burden on some of the coastal ports? You know, what 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 does the Great Lakes, you know, have to continue doing or need to uh, do in order to help, you know, really become the reliever and the complement to the coastal ports for our national import-export system.
1: You know, you're in a good spot right now because right now anything goes. People are moving product in different ways that they didn't move before. And so people are open right now to how can I get my product today? What can you do for me to make sure that my product arrives on time? So it's a unique situation and right now is the time to be capitalizing on these, these movements because anything can go right now and marketing you know, the ports and showing your service is what a customer needs right now. So now the times you take advantage and you get out there and you visit your customers and, and explain the, the solutions that the Great Lakes has to offer.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. The next question I want to follow up with is that, uh, are are there any specific industries that you think would would be specifically suited? Not individual customers, but individual industries that you think the the Great Lakes should be targeting or would would benefit, you know, some of your folks?
1: Well, like I said, I mean, it's really, it's open to anybody. There is no specific customer to target at this point, right?
0: Gotcha. You can target anybody. You know, because
1: everyone needs their product.
0: And I don't
1: think that there's a specific company that doesn't need help right now.
0: So it looks like shippers should be looking at alternative routes to transport their cargo, especially with what we're seeing on the coast uh, and and internationally. Having a diversified shipping strategy is sort of like having a diversified stock portfolio. Uh, You want to mitigate risk by not having all your eggs in one basket. As we're preparing to Port of Cleveland for shippers to consider alternative routes, like the Great Lakes and the Cleveland Europe Express, um, and are investing heavily in our facilities to ensure that shippers can take advantage of shipping directly to America's heartland. Uh, Do you have any concluding statements or anything that you want to say, Jackie, in order to sort of put a period on that?
1: You know, as we talked about earlier, right now's opportunity. Now's the time to think outside of the box and find the best solution for shippers, for your customer, and really take advantage of all modes. And if the Great Lakes is a fit, and if it's geographically the best way to move your product, people should really consider it. And as you said, you know, we are always thinking one way. You know, people have always thought, I could only ship to the coasts and rail in or truck in, however it is. But now is the time to really take advantage of all the different modes and how we move product today because it just might be the right solution for you. And, you know, we're ending the year strong, right? Everyone is moving their product and everyone wants to get it there before the year end. And what we do today is really going to define, you know, the future. So make these changes now because this could be, you know, the way you do things tomorrow.
0: Well, I think we can set it no better, Jackie. I want to thank you. I want to thank the world group as well uh, for the work that you guys are doing as partners here at the port of Cleveland um, and the stakeholders and just uh, in the great lakes and just being uh, a a regional leader in commerce and business here in Northeast Ohio uh, for the last uh, 60 years. And so, uh, thank you for your work you're doing, um, and for your coordination with us over the years, Jackie. And uh, again, uh, feel free to come back to Great Lakes Forward at any time.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Jade. Um, I appreciate the opportunity, you know, to discuss what's going on in the industry right now and. With the World Group and how we're here to find solutions through technology, through our people. You know, really, at the end of the day, if we didn't have great people, you know, we wouldn't be where we are today. We can't support our customers and move product without the amazing staff that we have, you know, with the World Group. So um, I'm blessed to be here. I thank you for having me and um, let's end the year strong.
0: All right, we like that. Well, thanks everyone for listening to Great Lakes Forward the kickoff of our season three, and we will see you next time. Have a great one.